Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown. I'm Jason Springer with Jeff Cohen, following the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. This season has come to an end, and although the records weren't what we wanted with some of the teams, we saw advancement of players, we saw growth in the system, and we saw a good amount of entertainment all across the Phillies farm system. Jeff and I were there to travel around Lehigh Valley, out to Redding, Jeff went to Williamsport and out to the Williamsport All-Star Game in Lakewood. And we got the opportunity to speak with lots of different players and people associated with the Phillies and get the feel for what was going on in the system this year. In this wrap-up show, we've got interviews with number one pick from this year, Bryson Stott. Charlie Manuel, who we saw at the Reading Fightins game, who ended up becoming the pitting coach, as we all know. Mickey Moniak and Josh Stevens, along with Adam Hazley, who is now a Philly himself. And then we talked to Spencer Howard. We've got these interviews for you. Why don't you listen to them? And we hope you enjoy. First up, we've got our interview with Charlie Manuel talking about why he likes the minors and being with the players, and also a tribute from him to Dave Montgomery. We've got some talent here, you know, like what I see. We've got some real good talent here. And the thing about it is it's just got to be a little bit more consistent, and that comes with playing and, and the experience in the game. This is a good league for our young players like uh, Hazley, Randolph, uh, Moniak, uh, uh, you know, basically all of, our, all of our players and the pitchers for sure, our young pitchers. How much do you enjoy coming down here and, and still teaching these guys? Oh, I love, I, I still love watching the game. I, I like, actually, I like sitting in the dugout during the game. Last night I sat in the dugout and it was, it was a treat for me. I love it. I like everything about it. It gives me a, a chance to talk to the players, you know, during the game, the ones that are not playing and things like that and touch base with them. I'm big. Uh, uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm always been big She's on not gonna... <laughs> uh, having relationships with the players and also and I think it helps comf- uh, uh, get them to be comfortable and you know, like tension free, you know, like when they play. How much do you enjoy getting to work with the players still I know that was always something that you were a fan of the development and you get to be here in that dugout what does that mean for you still I think I think ever since I think why I got into baseball as a coach or a manager or an instructor is because I love to teach and uh, I think it, uh, I still have that same passion. I like I like going to amateur games. I'm getting ready to go to the ACC tournament uh, 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 next week, and uh, I, you know, I can I enjoy I like high school baseball. I, I I enjoy I enjoy watching the other team play. You know, like and I uh, I get a chance to see them play, and you never know when when I think about somebody and uh, something like a trade or something comes up, I might might be able to, to remember a guy that I really like and drop his name in there and things like that. that, that, that that's all That's all part of the game. It's, it's, it's my passion for it. Are you able to go to a game and watch as a fan or do you sit there, like Josh says, that he's analyzing everything. He's looking at right. everything that someone's doing. Right. Can you just sit back and just watch a ball game? Actually, 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 when I when I sit in the stands, I, li- I love to sit in the stands, but a lot of times, you know, like especially when people know me and that's good, <laughs> don't get me wrong, and it makes you feel good there's a good side of that too but but i'm like josh you know like i want to see the games you know, like when i go scouting like in in uh, colleges you know like uh maybe watch the acc tournament next week i, I like the Tory ryan and i do a lot of scouting together uh, and at times we uh, meet quite a bit and uh and, and i can sit beside him and actually we don't talk a whole lot we watch the game and we talk <laughs> after the game 
Uh, before we let you go, though, um, we just wanted to ask your thoughts on Dave Montgomery and the passing of Dave yeah. Montgomery and how he affected your life. Very big, uh, 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 very uh, sad day for me. Uh, but I, when I think of David O, I, I can't, everything that people say about him, everything you hear, and all the good things, he's every bit of that, and maybe, maybe even more. You know, like uh, the things I've been hearing today is unreal. I look at him, oh, in the last five years, he's been some kind of a big-time fighter. And it's amazing how uh, he just wanted to, he wanted to come to the ballpark. He didn't want you to feel sorry for him or nothing like that. But at the same time, he'd just come to the ballpark, and he wanted to be around the people that he enjoyed and the people that worked with him are, 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 are you know, like are somebody that he had had uh, had had, uh, had what the experience of uh, working for him all those years and things like that and baseball and and uh, and he just wanted to do his routine every day that he always did and I think that uh, I think that that's what really uh, he fought and fought to the end and but he got a kick out of his his routine and the people that he loved and th things that he liked to do baseball definitely was was a big love to him but and he, but he he really loved the fans I used to I, I said to him one time I, I remember we were talking in a conversation like and we, our conversation might not have been real happy one but I called him a fan and he said yes I'm a fan Charlie I'm a, I'm a I'm, I want to be a, a great fan he said but actually I want to be more I want to be a fan and I want to be more helpful to other to other people and people that I know and I, you know like and that's kind of who he was. In Williamsport, Jeff got a chance to speak with Philly's top pick this year, Bryson Stott. Took him all the way back to T-ball, then talked competition in his family and what it was like to be drafted. So uh, what happened with you and T-ball? Um, they didn't really want me want me hitting enough <laughs> off the tee with those with those kids. I mean, I guess I was pretty pretty advanced for for my age group. I mean, I'm. Uh, would go up there and I would just swing as hard as I could because that's what you do when you're playing t-ball so um, they just would move everybody back and just let me hit it and I would just run around the bases and um, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. So the first time that it happens and you're, you're walking up to the tee what does the coach do? He all of a sudden he just pulls all the kids out and tells them to go in the outfield? Yeah they just they would all scoot back and they usually have one one's got to stand in the in the little circle so that, that makes them an out but um, they would stand right by the coach and I would I just get up there and just swing as hard as I can. Did you know what they were doing? Did someone explain no, to you what was going on, or are you just this confused little kid going up there, going wondering where everybody's going? I would run out there, run out to the dirt and, and stuff like that. So when I saw all them going in the outfield, it made me want to go to the outfield. So I, mean, I would run out there as well. So just doing, just having that that kind of fun as a kid is, is what I try to do now. So so once that day happens, do you continue playing t-ball or do they move you up? Uh, yeah, I kept playing the yeah. whole year and then. And yeah, you go to coach pitch and, and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Did you make an out? Yeah, I'll get out. <laughs> so so uh, you get drafted by the Phillies from UNLV. What, what's that moment like for you and your um, family? Something something you dream of growing up. I mean, you you watch it every year as a as a baseball fan. You watch the draft and you you hear some of those names. And, and as I've gotten older, you see some of your friends go, and you're like, well, it's hopefully my my year next year. And, and it happened, and it was it was probably the best feeling I've ever had. Adam, you, you're sitting there with, with your loved ones and, and your closest friends, and you hear your name um, on TV being announced by the commissioner. So it's uh, it's it was the, the best feeling ever. Where were you when it happened? I was at home. Yeah. Who was with you? Uh, 
my family, mm-hmm. um, a couple of my neighbors that have been there since I was since I was three years old, and and some of my closest friends. So, so your dad also was an athlete. Uh, how did having a parent who was an athlete, your dad was a quarterback, um, help you in your development? Um, it was always a competition around the house. I mean, everything. We'd go upstairs to grab something. It'd be like, I'll time you. Everything was just a, a competition. And whenever I wanted to hang out or do something, he'd ask to play catch or my brother would ask to play catch. He, he was an athlete as well. So um, kind of you just never really sat around. You'd always always be active. I mean, he played football, so he doesn't doesn't really translate translate to baseball. So um, just doing doing stuff like that growing up, never really sitting around, getting too attached to video games or TV was was my big thing. You have, you have a sister and a brother. Yeah, my sister's a cheerleader at UNLV. Uh, so did the three of you get competitive when you were little? Yeah, everything everything's a competition. What was, what was the biggest competition between the three of you? I'd say like the board games we'd play, we'd... We just we used to have a Nintendo Wii. Everything that we did was was a competition. Who won, who won the most? Me. me of course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was a season of growth for Mickey Moniak, but it started in the spring where he got to talk to Philly sports legends like Brian Dawkins at the Phillies Big Camp. We also talked to him about how he handles criticism on social media, how he approaches rankings, hitting and analytics, and having his own baseball card with somebody asking for his autograph. Great advice. I mean, obviously Brian Dawkins, a Philly legend, is um, you know he's he's an intense guy and you know he's a winner and you know he goes out there. He was always my guy. Yeah, I mean he, he was, was the just, only player I ever put on absolutely. the back of a jersey. Oh, I bet. I mean, for good reason. And, and he just kind of <coughs> talked about you know the city of Philadelphia. And, um, you know how they can, some of the fans the fans can be the best fans in the world. You know they can, but they're going to hold you accountable. And, and but when you're playing good, there's nothing better than being Philadelphia. And that really you know sat and you know hit home for me is, you know, this is where I want to play and this is where, um, you know, I want to, you know, make a career and, and win. And, um, you know, it's exciting having all those guys up in the big leagues right now, Bryce, Reese, um, Kutch, all these guys that, you know, I got to meet in spring training. And um, I think the best piece of advice I think I got was was when I was talking to Bryce and he just he was just saying, hey, you know, uh, you're here for a reason. You're going to have the ups and downs, but you got to love. you got to embrace the ups and downs and, um, you know, just, just be yourself. Be comfortable. And that was the one thing he wanted to hammer home is, you know, when these young guys like us, me, you know, whoever it may be, get up to the big leagues, they want them to be as comfortable as possible and, um, you know, just be, you know, in the best state of mind to help the team win. And, and you know, that was, you know, big for me. It really made me feel, um, you know, at home and, and, you know, excited to you know, get called up one day. So you're somebody who's on social media. Has it been hard to be on social media knowing that, knowing what you know about going through the ups and downs that, that the average fan doesn't know? I mean, you know, it's it's all part of it. It's, um, you know, I definitely was something I, I looked at a lot more earlier in my career when I was, you know, a little younger. But, you know, you learn to, you know, take it with a grain of salt. There's a lot of positive stuff out there. There's some negative stuff out there. And, um, you know, you just got to, you got to, you got to know that, you know, you got to control what you can control. Control. I mean, the fans, you know, it's social media nowadays, everybody has an opinion and, and they're entitled to it. And um, you just you just got to know that, hey, you know, just show up to the field, get your work in. And, um, you know, one person's opinion is not going to define you. So um, I think for me, it was just that was a big part of, um, you know, my my success last year was kind of taking that step back as, you know, as well for the baseball side, as well as the social media and all the outside noise side and just kind of, you know, refocusing and, and looking to, to, you know, go out and play baseball and, 
you know, try to be the best version of myself day in and day out. You know, that's all, all I can do. I enjoyed when you were asking about sort of that roller coaster and the rankings. You were asked about rankings year over year, and uh, your comment was, it's cool for the fans to look at, but as a player, you don't look at it too much. The people making those lists aren't making the decisions on whether I'm going to go to the big leagues or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's absolutely the perfect attitude to have, but, you know, we get it sometimes, too. We're on the radio, and people will say you're not hard enough on somebody. You're, you're being too hard on them. Right. How do you find that balance as a player? It's, this is, we talk with players all the time about how this game's mental as much as it is physical. How hard has that been for you to adjust to that part of the game? I mean, it's been huge. It, like you said, it is as much mental as it is physical. I mean, you know, day in and day out, playing 140 games a year, you're not going to feel the greatest every day. And um, you just got to learn to, you know, ride with that. And, I mean, I think the... We, we always uh, manage to do interviews when perfect, the lawnmower is riding by, timing. by the way. Don't worry, we're good at that. Perfect timing. We don't even cut it out of the interview. We just leave it so they know we're actually at a baseball field. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, we're here. We're, we're, in, we're in baseball town. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I, I had to get used to. Because, I mean, you're not going to you're not, you're not have... You're not going to hit 450 anymore like in high school. And I mean, you want to, obviously. But, um, you know, maybe you got to... You just got to learn to deal with that, uh, the ups and downs and, and the struggles. And, I mean, like Bryce said to me, you just got to you got to learn to embrace them. And maybe when you're, you know, 0 for, 0 for 20 maybe, and you just got to, hey, hey, this next at bat, this is this is where I go 20 for 20 or something like that. And, um, you know, it's it's something that, you know, I've learned to do. And, I mean, like you said, the, the whole comment about, you know, the rankings and all that stuff, people aren't going to make those decisions. I think the, the people in this organization have, you know, really instilled a lot of confidence in me because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people don't see and with, you know, when it comes to, you know, maybe a line out three times in a game and go 0 for 3 and uh, it's the same thing where you go you know 3 for 3 or 2 blue pits or something like that or 3 blue pits and I mean they, they know it's it's a lot of uh you know, it's a lot of little stuff that people, I guess, don't get to see. But, um, yeah, just taking it day by day. You've worked a lot with the new minor league hitting coordinator, Jason Ochart. And uh, I, I saw the the phrase, intent to do damage. Mm-hmm. Explain what that means to our listeners. So it's uh, it's looking to get your pitch and looking it, to put it in play as hard as you possibly can. And that doesn't necessarily mean try to hit a home run every pitch. It's, it's you know, going into the box and, you know, having a plan and, knowing what you want to do, knowing what the pitcher's going to do, and, you know, working with your plan to beat him. And, I mean, it's it's going out there and looking to, you know, put the ball in the gap, put the ball in play hard, and, you know, do some damage. And um, I think that even before Ochart got here, I think that was my whole approach um, back last season in the second half. Not so much those wordings, but I used to go out and say, all right, let's do something cool today, which you know, I kind of like, like to think <laughs> is the same thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Ochart's brought a lot to the table. It's brought a lot of knowledge. He's a really smart guy when it comes to hitting, and I think the best part, you know, about him being here is that, you know, he, there's all these numbers, and, um, you know, if the information's there, why not use it? But he's never shoved it down our throats. So he's always been like, hey, this is what I, this is what the numbers say. You know, do with it as you please. You know, um, there's a lot of. You know, it's the old school versus new school approach, and I like to think I'm kind of in the middle. So now let's move forward to 2016. You sign a contract with Bowman. Mm-hmm. What was the moment like for a kid who grew up playing baseball and watching other baseball players to sign a contract, not with a team, but with a baseball card company? It's crazy. I mean, you don't you don't really understand the whole you know business side of the game until mm-hmm. you're actually in it when you're you know 16, 17, 18 year old kid, and then you're 18 years old and you have a baseball card company and you know you're signing all these baseball cards and you got your own baseball card and I mean it's exciting you know obviously growing up the the dream was to always have your own baseball card and 
uh, I finally got one and I mean just yeah knowing that, that that was a part of the game was weird but I mean it was also it was also really cool how many did you give out I actually don't get any of them. <laughs> I don't believe it or not. They don't give me any baseball cards. Um, oh, Bowman, come on, yeah, I know. step up! It's 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 part of the game. I know, but I had to sign a bunch of them. I think uh -huh. I signed like God, we'd have sit downs and they'd have a rep. You know, multiple occasions come out and you know, sign all these cards and man, I'm up to like seven thousand, ten thousand, some some crazy number like that. But yeah. Can't even get one for yourself. Can't even get one for myself. All right. no, it's all right. I've had, I've had, you know, gracious fans hand me some cards and be like, hey, do you have one of these? And you just say no. What? Like, here, take it. What's that been like for you with the fans? Obviously, you know, you had fame at a, a younger age than most people have, but mm -hmm. now here you are. You're working your way through. You've gotten all this attention. The fans obviously recognize you when you're out here. What's that been like for you? I mean, it's been awesome. You know, it's a blessing. Obviously, you know, if, if you got fans, you're usually doing something right, and um, you know, it's just all that support that you know they've shown me and and you know stuff like that you know people you know one your autograph is something crazy that you never you know you always dream about but um you know it's it's something that you kind of got to take a step back and you know maybe after the game you got a bunch of people wanting your autograph and, and you went over for four k's and you're like oh, i don't want to sign autographs right now but then you gotta gotta take a step back you're like well i mean people want your autograph so you know that's pretty cool um yeah, and you just gotta, you know, you gotta do what you can, and you know, I try to, I try to sign as many autographs as possible. You know, meet, meet, meet as many fans as possible. So it's been fun. I mean, I've enjoyed it. With Josh Steven, we got the opportunity to talk about the role that sports psychology has played in his growth, along with the chance he had to learn from Roy Halladay. So I mean, that was that was probably the biggest thing I ever did. Uh, it was probably the best thing I ever did for myself and my career uh, with baseball. Um, I mean, uh, I struggled last year more on the mental side of anything, and uh, it was the right time to go start trying to work on the mental side of the game. And it's made the it's made just baseball just so much more enjoyable and has opened up so many more opportunities and everything um, like with this game and stuff. So, so for people that aren't involved in sports and haven't dealt with a sports psychologist, what is it that you work on when you are with them? Um, it's and just it's just working on like just a different perspective on kind of the way you look at the game. Obviously, we're playing a game of failure, um, so to try to find little little successes in a game of failure that's really really hard to do uh, for most people. And I mean, that's that's kind of the, that's that's kind of the key to success in this game is. I mean, you're gonna fail seven out of ten times, and you're and you're gonna succeed three out of ten times. You're in the Hall of Fame, and to accept that and to be okay with that, and just to to know that is is like super super key. But um, I'd say the biggest thing is just knowing, like, just it's, it was just a different perspective, a different. I got to look at this game and the process and everything through like a different lens, which I mean has helped a lot. In addition to mind, you've also I think revamped your 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 work workouts your off-season conditioning yeah I definitely did that um, I started working out more like a football player try to get really strong in the off-season um, and fast um, I also started hitting right as I, right as I got home uh, try to re redo some of my mechanics and stuff and made things more like fluid and everything but definitely put in the work in the off-season so um, I'm super happy with with how this season's been going and just looking to 
have a good August and right. put a good year together. Uh, so. I also understand that you got to spend some time with with uh, new Hall of Famer Roy Halladay when you were down there. Yeah. T t can you tell us what that experience was like for you? Uh, well, he was the first person that I kind of started working on like the mental side with. Um, this was my first spring training. I went to extended. Um, he was down there, and he was kind of the first person that I really started talking to about like the mental side of like the game and everything. Um, but I mean, it's just a great opportunity to pick someone's brain that I mean was are, was in the same shoes I'm in now and played in the big leagues for a very long time and he was all famer so I mean he did a lot of things right obviously he'd be a hall of famer and it was just nice to kind of have somebody to like talk to that's kind of understands and spin there what, 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 what did he say to you that that left a lasting impact on you uh, kind of just like like the greatest thing about baseball is you play you play a game the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day so you go for four tomorrow you can go four for four and then you're hitting 500 and that's unreal so um, just to not not to take so much like just hard on yourself like not to be so hard on yourself um, because I mean you go for four just enjoy the process enjoy it I mean yeah it sucks you went over four but hey tomorrow you get to wake up again you get to play baseball over again it's easy for you to say that yeah did, did it is was it hard to implement it mentally uh yeah at first because I wasn't really uh I wasn't really um really looking to try to try to change like the mental side or whatever mm -hmm. um but over over the off season when I like put in like the work on the mental side and everything now it makes it a lot easier to I mean obviously yeah, you have your days you get in your slumps it's 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 hard to come to the field I mean that's just that's just normal but um it's a lot easier now to wake up the next day and be like hey today today can be a great just make today a great day and if it's not it's not you get to do it to, you get to do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day before Adam Hazley became a Philly, he started the season in Reading. But in spring training, he was with the big team, and we asked him about that experience earlier this season. Yeah, it was it was surreal, um, just being in the same locker room, clubhouse, uh, you know, in the batting cage, taking BP with the guys that I kind of grew up watching. Uh, was was pretty cool to take a moment and uh, you know just take it all in. So tried to pick up little things where I could, try to observe, um, you know, and just. Try to learn from him as best I could. What was the most important thing, most important piece of information that anybody gave you? Yeah, it wasn't really like a specific thing. It was more of just observing how they go about their daily routines, you know, how they do their cage work and then their BP rounds and how they do, you know, the same disciplined routine every single day. Um, you know, that's something that the younger guys like myself can really learn from. What was it like there to get that invite to spring training? You got to hear from one of my more favorite Philadelphia athletes, Brian Dawkins. Uh, Reese Hoskins said it was sort of like things coming full circle, having you guys asking a lot of the same questions that he had. What was it like to be able to hear from them and, and get that experience there? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, a couple years ago they were in our position, so it was, it was probably cool for them to, you know, bring us along and give us tips and, uh, you know, tell us to relax and just go play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anyone in that clubhouse I could have gone up into and, um, you know, tell them I was struggling with something and then they'd be able to help me out. So they were really open um, and always, you know, always there for me. And then just before his call up to Reading, we spoke with then Clearwater Threshers pitcher Spencer Howard. 
what has this season been like for you? You know, you've, you've overcome injury, come back from that. There's so much hype around you. What's this been like for you a little bit? Um, I think the whole injury thing in the long run is going to be beneficial for me. Uh, I kind of got my arm care routine dialed in with the rehab guys over on the other side and got a better routine, I'll say, um, for in-between starts, keeping my arm healthy. I thought I was doing a pretty decent job of that before, but then I had that setback, so I got that super dialed in. Um, but yeah, it's just about finding what works for me, um, trying to stay the most consistent and stay healthy in between starts. Spencer, last year you talked to us about um, not only mind but also body. Uh, wh- what have you, since we talked to you early last season, what have you learned about both of those things that, that you've changed or adjusted or improved on? Um, this year I've really been trying to hone in my mechanical cues. I feel like in the past I would have a new thing every day and I'll be like, Oh, this is working for me today. I'll just stick with this one. And then the next day in order to throw strikes, it would be something different. Um, but I've finally at the beginning of the season found something that works for me day in, day out. And so it's just about sticking with that and, um, focusing on that during the games and it's better for like pitch to pitch. I used to have different cues, but now it's just one thing, kind of a blanket mechanical cue that helps me with all my pitches. So that definitely helps with consistency. And I guess the mind too, it just keeps things simple. Well, one of the things that you talked to us about with the mind is that, that you were into meditation. And personally, I have to thank you because I actually started, after, oh, right after speaking with you, I actually started doing it. It, it, it does work, uh, except I'm not a better pitcher. So <laughs> um, <laughs> what have you continued to do that and keep up on it and, and have your teammates kind of picked up on, on that cue? Yes. Um, I think this was the first spring training that they started doing optional meditation sessions twice in the morning, one at 6.15, one at 6.45. So I'll try to make those. Um, and then during the season, it's a bit easier to stay on top of it because it's not first thing in the morning. You have a little bit more downtime before your day starts. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been trying to keep up with that. And I think it helps every aspect of life. Just stay in middle of the road, um, kind of consistent mentally, and then that trickles into athletic performance. You took a different path to baseball than other people. I had seen it described as a fresh arm because you played a lot of soccer and volleyball growing up. How did it help you to play mm-hmm. more than one sport now that you've come over to baseball? Has anything you learned from there transferred? Yeah, I've talked about this with a lot of people, actually. I think that if you focus on one movement pattern from super early age, you'll either burn yourself out or be like lack other areas of athleticness. And so I think if like myself, I played a bunch of sports growing up. And so I got a sense of my body and how, how it's supposed to move. Um, I never really had a pitching coach or like hitting coach or any specific um, activity coach. So my body just kind of, figured out how to do it and 
what works like naturally for me. Um, but yeah, I think it was kind of a different way to approach the whole baseball career and I don't know. It's working out so far. Thank you for joining us this week and all season long on the IOPS Phillies minor league rundown. We hope you've enjoyed the journey of the players with us and we look forward to joining you again next season. Thanks so much and have a great one.